It's a joy to be here with you today, and it's a joy to have all of you here with us. Amen. I want the happiest person to stand up first. Oh, we got one. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everyone back. We all sat down quick, too. All right. All right. I want to say it's good to have all of you back here. Those of you been on vacation, we're glad to see you back in the house. Good to have all of you here with us. Um, you know, the Lord has really been dealing with me with a lot of things that, we, that we're about to do. We're about to enter in, in just a week or so, a couple of weeks, we're about to enter into a 40-day fast. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to ask anybody to fast for 40 days. But I'm going to ask that we cover those 40 days in fasting and prayer. I don't believe that God has called us to be just Christian people, just to be ordinary Christian people. He's called us to walk in the anointing and the power of His Spirit, in the fullness of all that He has for us. And I refuse to walk in anything less. I refuse to be status quo. Amen? Amen. I'm not looking back. You know, I appreciate what God did way back then. I'm not, but I'm not looking for the revival of yesteryear. I'm looking for the revival of now. Amen? I'm looking for God to do a, a new thing. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you want to see God do a new thing? Amen? Hallelujah. I want to speak to you today on fasting. We're going to be talking a lot about fasting. Now listen, don't. Um, you know, here's some of the things that you're going to find out about fasting. Fasting is something that you got to make up your mind that you're going to do. You got to be determined to do it. Fasting is not trying to change God. It's about trying to change you. Fasting don't change who God is. Fasting changes who we are. It's bringing our body under subjection. Fasting is not turning off the TV. Although that you, we need to turn the TV. We need to get away from the TV. We need to get away from our cell phones. We need to uh, get away from um, uh, social media and different things like that. We need to get away from the news. We need a break from the news. Amen. All of that's good. But fasting is when you fast food, when you uh, get away from food for a while. And some of you, now listen to me, I want you to hear this because you've got to be very careful. If you're on medicines, if you're under a doctor's care, you need to consult with that physician before you just decide that you're going to fast. Amen. Come on, I believe in having wisdom in everything that we do. Amen. Uh, with that said, you're going to find out that during the time of fasting that uh, you're going to grow irritable. Don't, um, don't take it out on your husband or your wife. You're going you're gonna to be on edge at times and you're going to want to say things that you don't need to say. And it's because your, your body is not, 
wanting to cooperate with the plan that you have for it. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to talk to you today about some fasts that went on in the Bible. And the title of this message is The Fast That Changed the Inevitable. Inevitable is a definition of unable to be avoided, evaded or escaped, certain necessary and inevitable conclusion. Uh, just let me just say this. There were certain people in the Bible who were going through things that it seemed like that there was no possible way that they could attain the things they were asking for. But when they began to fast, things happened. I want you to see this because it's wrong to go into a fast without a purpose. And it's wrong to not expect results at the end. When we're fasting, we're believing God to do supernatural things and give us the ability. It's like spring cleaning. Fasting is like spring cleaning. It's getting all the junk out of our ears, out of our spiritual ears to where we can hear clearly what God is trying to say to us. And how many of you know a lot of us have got some stuff that we could get out of the way to allow God to speak to us? Somebody said to me one time, said, well, you know, I pray all the time and I, I you know, it, it, and I just don't hear God. And the first thing I said was, if you can't hear him, get closer. Because he's going to speak. He may not speak the way that you think he ought to speak, but he will speak. And somebody says, well, I read the word and I do this and I do that. That's good that you read the word, but you need to read the word till you hear it. Don't just read the word. Read it till you hear it. Until it sinks in, until you begin to understand. Until you begin to really hear what he is saying to you. So when we fast, you see, there was a, there was a lady in the Bible by the by the name of Hannah, who had no children. The Bible talks about that she went every year to the temple. Now, we read this story, and this story takes, takes place in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. And if we're not careful, we'll, catch, we'll look at this as if this is just a few verses in the Bible, and, and this just takes place over just a... Uh, just a week or two. But this is actually, she's going back and forth to the temple each year. And she has a, 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 a rival named Panina who has children, which was Elkanah's other wife. Why well, a man wants two wives? I don't know. One's enough for me. I praise God for the one I got. But I ain't going to give you a plug nickel for nothing just like her. I worship the ground my wife walks on. I love her with all my heart, but I can't take two, and God ain't going to put me through more than I'm able to bear. 
<laughs> and I'm sure she can say the same about me. But here she was going back and forth to the temple each and every year. And the Bible says that the Lord had closed her womb. Didn't say she was barren. See, a lot of times we walk around, we feel barren in our lives, and it's not barrenness at all. What it is is God is trying to hold us out for something that's better than what we're expecting. He's trying to get us to a place to where he's trying to find out the hunger and the desire that we really have for. Are we really wanting the change or the things that he's wanting to give us? Are we really wanting to walk in the deepness of what he has for us? Or are we wanting to just settle for something? I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to settle for just something. I want something of significance. I want something that's going to change not only me, but the things around me. I want something that's not just going to touch my life, but it's going to touch my family's life. It's going to touch my loved one's life. It's going to touch the people that I'm connected to's life. And Hannah wanted a child, but God needed a prophet. God needed somebody that when they spoke, that they're, that, 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 Things happened that their words didn't just fall to the ground. And the Bible says, if you go back and read that, the Bible says that when, when Samuel was born and, and he was raised, that not one of his words ever fell to the ground. See, a lot of times we're willing to settle for things just to get something when God is trying to bring us to a place of so much better. Sometimes we'll settle for just enough when God is trying to get us to a place of more than enough. Sometimes we'll settle to be able to conquer when God is trying to make us more than a conqueror. See, a conqueror is somebody who conquers, but more than a conqueror is somebody that shows somebody else how to conquer. And God's made us more than conquerors. So Hannah fasted, and it seemed like that she was barren, but God, the Bible says that when she began to pray and she began to fast, she went into the temple, and you know the story how that when, when Eli saw her in the temple praying, that he assumed that she was drunk. Why? Because she had no discernment. He had no discernment. And if you go back and you read the story, Eli, there was things going on in Eli's family that was calling, that, was, that he was supposed to have been doing. He was supposed to have been watching after the temple, but he had his sons watching out, out over the temple. And because they were, they were watching the temple, they wasn't keeping fresh oil in the lamps. And when you don't keep fresh oil in the lamps, the light in the temple goes out. So here's the thing. When the light in the temple was going out, the same time that the light was going out in the temple, Eli was losing his eyesight. He was losing his ability to see clearly what he was supposed to see. Not only was he doing that, he was losing his hearing 
to the voice of God. When we lose the light of God and the freshness of fresh oil in our lives, we begin to lose sight of what God has for us. That's the reason fasting and praying is important. When we begin to fast, it begins to clean those things out. It begins to get things, obstacles, uh, obstructions that are in the way that are keeping us from being able to hear God clearly. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get on a highway or, or be in the midst of a situation to where I hope that I hear God. I need to hear him clearly to get clear direction to where he's taking me. If there's something there that I don't need to get to or or something that don't need to get to me, I don't need to hear about it when I get there. I need to hear about it before I get there. And this is what fasting does. Fasting begins to clear the way. It, be, it begins to cause you to be able to hear things that you would normally hear. Another story. There was a, there was a story of Esther. How many of you remember the story of Esther? Esther became queen. And see, a lot of times we look for a position. God don't just place you somewhere just to be there. He places you there in times and in seasons for a certain task. And a lot of times we get comfortable assuming the position and miss the purpose. Esther got there but really didn't really understand the purpose that God had for her because of the way that all this happened. She was a Jew. She assumed, see all these other women that was brought into the king assumed that he wanted all this great splendor and all these fancy dresses and all this fancy jewelry and all. And the only thing that she done is she asked his eunuch, what does the, queen, the king desire? And you know that this, this guy was a representation of the Holy Spirit in her life who told her the simple things to put on and to just to go in with just a simple dress and simple makeup, not anything big, just walking in the beauty of who she was. And when she went in, she found the light in the eyes of the king. See, it's not everything about the bling. It's everything about the anointing that will position you to where you need to be. And when she went in to the king, the king brought her in. But it was all what it looked like was a setback became a setup because God's always a step ahead of the enemy. And then you know the story about how Haman come in and he, he had signed a decree that all the Jews would be destroyed. But what happened? She began to fast. She set up a three-day fast when Mordecai was outside of the gate in sackcloth and ashes she tried to go and, and get him, and he said, you know, you don't understand. She didn't even understand everything that was going on at the time. 
She went and tried to get him cleaned up, said, because you're at the king's gate, you shouldn't be at the king's gate in sackcloth and ashes. You need, you need, you need to wear better apparel. You don't, you don't need to be in this. Why are you at this sad state and all? He said, you don't understand. He said, you're in a position now to where you can do something. And you better do it, young lady. Because you need to think that you're going you're gonna to slip away through this and get out of this situation because Haman has set up a, a deal with the king that he's going to destroy all the Jews. And he says, he says that, that you're not going to get through this. You and your family will die if you don't do something about this. And God will raise up another avenue to save the Jews through somebody else if he has to. But couldn't it be? Isn't it possible that God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this? She knew the danger of going into the king because if he didn't raise his scepter, she could have her head taken off. But she told Mordecai, I said, gather all the Jews up and fast for me for three days. And me and my women, we will fast three days here. And I will go into the king. And if he kills me, then he kills me. But I'm going to go in. See, when you get a determination that you're going to get an answer from God, that you're not just going to settle for something, a maybe or a might. You need an answer right then. You can get before God and you begin to fast and you begin to pray. He'll begin to give you favor, honey, that when you walk into that place to where it seems like you can't get no answer, it seems like all of a sudden favor falls on you. And you know the story how it ended with Haman hanging on his own gallows. See, the enemy, God will destroy the enemy of what it seemed like was set up to destroy you. But it don't happen just by coincidence. It happens by providence. By God making a way for us to fast and pray and see the power of God demonstrated through our lives. I believe, how many of you believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Then here's the problem. If supernatural things are not going on in the church, it's not a God problem. It's a people problem. There's people, listen to me. I want, I want you to hear this because this is very important. There's people who have died of illnesses, disease, and sicknesses that should not have died. Well, it was just their time to go. Well, we might as well go ahead and let all the murderers out of prison because they did society a favor when they killed somebody because when they killed somebody, it was just their time to go. No. It wasn't just their time to go. Hmm? Sometimes people can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes things can happen that ain't supposed to happen. Hmm? But why is that? It's because the church has let down their guard. We need to become the church that God has designed us to be. I believe with all of my heart that before Jesus comes back, 
we're going to see the dead raised. You say you're crazy. Maybe I am. I've been accused of that a little before. But that's okay. That's okay. Listen, Jesus, God did not place his spirit here so that we could be, go through life half-cocked. To just have a little bit of the spirit. To have a little touch, a little dab of do you. No, he placed his spirit in his anointing here to where we can walk in all the fullness of who he is. But the reason that we can't is because we're so divided that the power of Christ can't operate through us the way he designed to operate. See, when we come in agreement, see, it was a fast that changed everything for the disciples. On a 10-day fast, they was waiting on the Holy Spirit. And when they finally come together in one mind and one accord, the Holy Spirit fell and they went out of that place with power. Another story was Jehoshaphat. They came to King Jehoshaphat in Judah and told him, said, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir is coming against us. He looked out. He seen all the people that was lined up against them. And the Bible says that he feared. But he turned his face to the Lord to seek the Lord. And fasted and proclaimed a fast over all Judah, the men, the women, and the children, for three days. And they prayed and they fasted. And what was a result, what, what would have been or should have been a result of an inevitable end to them. Because they couldn't overcome this great company. But they served a God who could. And when you're looking at a situation in your life that you can't get through, you can't seem to, you can't seem to uh, uh, push through, you're no, you need to know that you're connected to a God who can. And you need to hear instruction from Him. You don't need to hear what your neighbor done. You don't need to hear what, you, what, what so-and-so done. What you need to do is get instruction from God, straight hand from Him. Because when you get instruction from Him, you're not going to fail. You're going to win the battle. And sometimes the hardest things, the hardest instructions that God will give us is to stand still. Because we always want to do. But sometimes God just says, stand still and see the salvation of your God. And all these are good fast. But I want you to see this last one because this one is when Jesus fasted for 40 days. The Bible says that he went in and he was baptized by John, and as he was baptized, he come up out of the water and straightway the Holy Spirit came in the form of the dove and abode on him. And it says in one translation, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. 
to be tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Why is 40 so important? 40 is cleansing. How many of you are tired of things reoccurring in your life? God wants to bring about a clean. You remember the children of Israel, they went in and spied out the land. They come back, and for every day that they was in the land, they had to spend a year in the wilderness. Now, the, what really will get you upset is if you go back and read the story in Joshua, when Joshua sends his spies over there, and Rahab begins to tell them that from the day y'all crossed the Red Sea, our hearts failed, are melted. We were scared to death y'all were going to come here 40 years ago. That'd make me mad. I've been somewhere for 40 years, and there ain't nothing happening. I've been wandering around in a wilderness, and I could have been in a promised land. And because of them not entering into it, they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years so that all the people that were over the age of 20 would die off because they had to be cleansed because those were the doubters. Those were the unbelievers who didn't believe that they could receive it, didn't believe their God was big enough to take them in there. So God raised up a generation. See, God, God is big enough if you don't want to go where God's taking you, God's big enough to wait you out until he can get a generation raised up that's been willing to go into what he's promised. I don't know about you, but I don't intend on being one of the... I'm glad we're under the new covenant. I don't have to wait on somebody to go with me. I can go ahead and go on where God wants me to go. Amen? But Jesus, here's the thing about it. And a lot of us... How many of you heard in... You've always heard the story and said that Jesus was the second Adam. How many of you heard that? Jesus was the second Adam. The first Adam failed. Jesus came incarnate in the flesh to become the second Adam and to overcome. Well, here's the day when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. That's the day the second Adam died. Then Jesus enters into a 40-day fast. Why did he go 40 days? Because Jesus was saying what's been going on in humanity is not going to go on in humanity anymore. I'm bringing about a cleansing. The way the enemy has been able to overcome humanity, he's not going to be able to overcome humanity no more. Because when I come out from this fast, I'm going to come out with power and might, and I'm going to distribute this power to my people. If that don't excite you, there ain't nothing going to light your fire. Because when Jesus came out of that fast, listen, he came out with power and might. Why did the devil tempt him? Because baptism represents this. When you go down, you bury the old man. When you come up, you come alive to Christ. And the devil was tempting Jesus because he was just punching him and prodding him, trying to figure out if he was dead or not. But guess what? He was very much alive. He was very much alive and anointed with a power in the mind. Not as he had supposed because, see, here's the thing. The devil had always been able, Satan had always been able to overcome the flesh. 
That's the reason he come to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God. Because he knew that he was hungry. He had already been without food for 40 days. If you are the son of God, make this bread, these stones bread. Jesus said, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus came in anointing and in power. And I'm telling you, as we begin to fast and we begin to pray, we're going to begin to see things break off. We're going to begin to see things change. And as we start this, I want you to understand. I want you to go into it with the understanding of knowing that when we come out on the other side, we're going to be different. We're going to be changed. And God is going to take us to places that we've never been before. (laughs) But wherever our feet goes, hallelujah, he's going to give us that place. Amen. He's going (laughs) to, hallelujah. I believe that we're going to walk in our neighborhoods. We're going to walk in our homes and around our families and have the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. We listen. God's given us an anointing to release in our homes. He's given us the ability to change our neighborhoods. And a lot of times we just say, well, you know, this is the way it's always been and this is the way it's going to be. No. No. It can be different. But it's not God who needs to change. It's us. And God will change the inevitable. You remember the story of Jonah? Jonah went into Nineveh. The reason Jonah didn't want to go into Nineveh is because he knew that God was merciful. He knew that if them people repented, something was going to change. He went to Nineveh, gave them a doomsday sermon. The people repented, and God relented and saved the place. What, what was inevitable? Disaster. Caused people to fast and pray. And God showed great mercy. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, no matter what condition your family is in, no matter what shape your children are in, no matter how far down the road that it looks like they are. Don't you give up on them. You turn and set your face to a God who cannot fail. And He will see them through. Let's all stand. It's time that the church rises up.
instead of wringing our hands and saying, well, we'll just pray. We need to fast and pray. And when you do it, don't go out and announce it to everybody. Because when you do it in private, God who sees in private will reward you openly. You ain't got to tell nobody you're doing it. They'll see the evidence of it. Amen. How many of you ready to see some cycles break? How many of you ready to see some chains break over people's lives? People that have been bound by addictions for years who can't seem to get away from it. Listen, these things keep going down to generation to generation, but here's the good thing about God. God will always visit a generation and give them the opportunity to draw the line in the sand and say, it stops here. It's not going any further. Grandma and Grandpa may have done it. Mom and Daddy may have done it. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to worship God. My family is going to be saved. I'm not talking about doing things to just work on people's emotions. I think there's been too much emotional hype in the church, in the Pentecostal realms. And it's good to be emotional. I'm not saying that we don't need to be emotional. But there's a power that we've not yet tapped into that we need in the church. Without Him, we're nothing. But with Him, we can conquer any situation that we face, any battle that we go through. And no matter how dark the situation that a person may be in, He can reach down and He can save them and He can draw them out. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we praise You. We thank You right now, Lord God. Thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing in this place today, Lord God. Father, I ask, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to rest on each and every one of us, Lord God, as we continue in this service. Hallelujah. 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 I want everyone who intends on joining us in this 40-day fast, I want everyone that would say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part I want you to come and let's gather around the front here. Let's pray.